Thank you for joining us for How to Share the Gospel with Kids. I am so glad that you have joined us tonight. My name is Melanie Hester, and I'm here joined today with Ed Goshen. Ed is a longtime lifer of someone who has seen and known the passion for the discipleship of children. Ed and his wife, Kim, have worked with Awana for over 27 years 27. He is currently um, the Awana Chief Ministry Officer, and um, he and Kim have just worked in so many various capacities over the last 27 years. And it's it's just been evident in each of those that um, what it looks like to disciple kids, it it means that the, the gospel is at the very heart and center of that. And so we're going to dive right in today. And, and we're going to open up with a, the big question that I think we need to set some definition around, which is, Ed, can you help us understand what is the gospel? Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite question in the world to answer. And you know that, Mel. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the word gospel simply means good news. That's just if we just define it, you know, what's it mean? It means good news. And um, in in terms of uh, what we're, what we're going to be talking about, it, it's specifically the good news about Jesus and what He has done for us on the cross. And you know, the Bible uses the word gospel several different ways um, mm-hmm. to refer to the good news. But really, the Bible itself is a collection of sixty six books that unfold the good news of God's plan for humanity, right mm-hmm. from from mm-hmm. beginning to end. So. So, um, you know, we we want to talk about the gospel in its in its in, its, uh, in the framework in which it lies, which is, you know, God created us, uh, you know, the creation. He created us His image. Um, he loves us. He desires a relationship with us. That's where we belong, uh, is with Him. That's what we were mm-hmm. created to be. And yet, the fall came. You know, sin mm-hmm. happened, and that 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 communion with God was broken, but immediately God began to put into, into work his plan of redemption to, 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 to fix that, right? And to bring us back into that place of belonging that we needed with him, you know? Uh, and then uh, ultimately that, that plan of redemption that culminated with Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, and then he, we are seeing him restore the kingdom uh, into the future, which will culminate with us all being in heaven with him. So that's kind of the big overarching, we call that the God's big story here. Mm-hmm. A lot of us call yep. it that. And and the, the redemption part that we, we think of when we say sharing the gospel is when when Jesus died on the cross for us. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's kind of kind of how we how we think about that. Yeah, you know, I know that a lot of people on and including me, it's this this okay we want to hear like practical ways of like, okay, age appropriate ways to show gospel. And, and we're going to get to that. But I think what you just laid out, Ed, I, if, if I heard you right, you said that the gospel is a comprehensive look, right? At what God has done for humanity. And, and you laid out four specific things. And I want to repeat those because I think that this is a framework that's really important for us as mm-hmm. we think to discipling kids and helping them understand the gospel. And so you started out with creation. Mm-hmm. Right. And you unpack that. So t- take us through one more time. What are sure. those four things? Yeah. So creation, uh, God created us in his image. And boy, is an image uh, an important thing for kids to Absolutely. talk about today, how we were made, what, how God how God made us. I mean, they're but asking they, the question, who am I? Right. Who am I? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and 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 even deciding on their own, not under not yeah. realizing that God already decided for you. You're made in His image, you know. Yeah. That beautiful creation, and then the second was the fall, and that's where where Adam and Eve sinned, and the Bible says that 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 sin came into the world through the one man Adam and that's that sin passed to all men so mm -hmm. so that's like that's the bad news if you have the gospels the good news that's the bad news right um mm -hmm. and so the fall happened but immediately God began to work and he began to put together the plan of redemption that was hit his plan already he God wasn't surprised by Adam and Eve's sin and uh, so over the course of of the next years the many, many years uh, you know, he chose Abraham and he chose uh, Mary and eventually Jesus was born. And, and, and that, that period that we call redemption culminates with Jesus dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Mm -hmm. And then the final part, the fourth part, so it's creation, fall, redemption, and then restoration. Um, and and that's, that's where God will eventually restore all things to a state of perfection like it was in the beginning. Yeah. yeah uh, but along the way, we get the opportunity to, to live the way that he, he described for us to live in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. and, and that helps to bring parts of his kingdom here right now. We get to reflect back what God's like by the way we live our life once we've trusted Jesus as Savior. So it's not, it's a, we're, we're not restored yet but we, we can yep. reflect what it will be like. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love that framework because it really takes me as a believer, as a disciple uh, through the scripture, but then also takes the child. And yet I remember back when I was, I started as a leader when I was in middle school. And, and I remember when I was starting to learn how to share the gospel and it tended to revolve around um, helping a child know that they have sinned right? All have sinned. And then helping them to know that Christ died for their sin. And that if you believe in him, you will go to heaven. And all of those things are true. And so I wonder, that's like the basic plan for salvation. So where does that basic plan for salvation fit into this gospel framework? Yeah, well, well that, that, is, that is the redemption part, right? Mm -hmm. That is where a kid begins to, once they understand that, they, that there was a fall, and that they were part of that, um, then uh, then ultimately they, some at some point in time they're confronted with the question, "What do I do about that?" Mm -hmm. um, I think if you think about the character of God, once they learn God is holy and and He is He is perfect um, and He's without sin, and then that we are we are sinners, then the God can't be with sin. We're we're just so separated. And, and then that begs the question for the kids, well, what do I do about that? You know, and then we teach them that that Jesus died on the cross for our sins while we were yet sinners, didn't wait for us to clean up our life. And yeah. I think that's one of the important things about sharing the gospel is that, that this was all done before. This is God's work. This is not our work. Yeah. It's our gift. It's his work. His He paid. We, we received the gift, you know, so, so that, that's where, it, where it all fits in is that that's, that's the, the, the redemption part is that culmination of mm -hmm. I've learned all this stuff and I believe, and now I can, uh, because of that belief, they will receive eternal life. You know, if uh, there's a word that we use and it's, it's, it's justification and that's mm -hmm. the, that's, it's a judicial term in, in, in the original language of the Bible, who I'm not a scholar, of, by the way, so nobody quote me on that. But, <laughs> um, but it's a judicial term that says, I declare you not guilty. So it's a one-time 
the gavel comes down, not guilty, right? Um, and so, so that is a moment in time when, when a uh, when a child says, "I believe." Today's the day mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some kids don't remember when that was, right? Sure. If you were if you were real young, you may not remember that. But that part is a is a is a definite point in time. Um, but then we we after that we live it out for the rest of our mm-hmm. life, right? And there's a lot of work that went in, in ahead of time to to bring us to that point. Yeah. So it seems like often we we take this this a uh, little bit of a fall, right? The fall, and this is where sin originated, and then a lot of the redemption piece, and we sit and kind of camp in that, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the moment where we say we <clears throat> want kids to just say yes to Jesus. We want them to say yes. I want to fall after you. I want to be your disciple. And and what I hear you saying is that that moment is critical. Mm-hmm. Like we kids have to come on their own to a point where they say, yes, I want to follow after Jesus forever. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but, but by only sitting in the little bit of the fall and the redemption, we're, we're missing the part where we help kids like lift up and out to see that they are part of this big grand story that God had written before the very beginning of time. And they yeah. happen to be included in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I see the at, the at the rest stop when you see the "you are here" sign. Yeah, they, they need to know that they have a star on the "you are here" yeah. sign in, in in God's plan. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I think I think that um, it, we, it's important to understand that while while we have this big picture, this this God's big story that we're describing here, these four parts. One can one can believe and understand creation, understand how you're made, understand you're made in God's image. You can understand the fall. You can understand that sin came into the world. You can say, yes, that that, that makes sense. I see sin all around me. I, I, I buy that. And you can see the restoration that might come. You might say, yeah, I can see how God would restore that someday. And I see how God would, would do something with his people along the way. Um, but But then you might say, but I don't, I'm not so sure I'm going to go the Jesus route. Mm-hmm. I think I can get there because I'm going to be pretty good or I'm going to mm-hmm. follow an alternate method or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that we are really clear that if you miss that, if you miss mm-hmm. Jesus, you've missed it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you've got to, as we share the gospel, uh, we have to make sure that we include that. Um, but I, I do think your your what you describe is really important that we don't only mm-hmm. spend our time there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think yeah. about, you know, I get to travel sometimes, and I think about um, when I get on an airplane, this is, uh, this is my picture that I paint for myself. You know, you've got that big, long jetway that you walk yep. down after you finally get to get your ticket called and you get to walk in. So you, I, I think of that as that's what happens all up leading for, for a kid from the time that they first get exposed to church or Christianity or anything, all of the things that people do that build into their lives that are leading to that point where they're going to say yes to Jesus, right? So I think of, so they're, they're walking down the jetway of, of their mm-hmm. spiritual journey. They're not Christians mm-hmm. yet, but somebody's pouring into them, you know, some Awana leader, some Sunday school leader, a mom or a dad is, they're, they're, they're pouring something into them about the gospel. And then you get to that spot, the, the spot on that at the end of that uh, jetway and there's that one inch gap between yeah. the air the plane and the jetway, which yeah. I, I don't understand why they don't just push that up a little closer. <laughs> right. There's that gap. Right? 
But I think of that as like that step over that gap is that that's the equivalent to, to trusting Jesus. That's when I say yes mm-hmm. to Jesus. And then w- what kind of a crazy person would remain there mm-hmm. one foot in the plane, one foot in the in, in, in the jetway, you would never do that, right? So what do we do? We, we put one foot in front of the other, we begin to walk, we go find our seat, and yep. we begin to live out um, that flight, right? Well, we trust Jesus, and it would be crazy to just sit there and go, hey, I'm, it's all done, I'm going to heaven. Uh, God God lives, we, we live out what God wants us to do by the way we live our life, every bit of kindness that we do for others, Everything we do that, that blesses people is just simply a way we reflect God back into the world. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how he begins to restore and begins to move towards that final day of restoration that he restores all things. So, mm. you know, there's a quote that I that I love that I recently heard in a resource that I was um just just listening to, and the quote happens to be from um, yours truly, Mr. Ed Goshen. You quote, and I, and this was it, it just stopped me in my tracks when I heard it. You said that the cross is the hinge upon which all of human history turns. Yeah. And yeah. so I think I love. I love that in the context that you just put too. like, if you think of the cross as being the hinge in the child's life in which it turns them towards redemption, right? Like it was all the moments leading up to that, that influenced their discipleship. And then it was mm-hmm. that moment where they said, yes, I want to follow after Jesus forever. That then turned them to be able to <laughs> walk the path then after that, Instead of that moment of conversion being like the check, oh, praise God, now like love him, serve him, try to be more like him. But this is, this is it. Great job. We've evangelized and we've, we've, this child known as Jesus. We look at that as like the hinge that opens the door to everything else, a life, a beautiful, transformational, abundant life for that child in Christ. Yeah, that's that's so true. And, you know, I, I, I also think that we, you know, the people that are on this call and, and everybody they know they can say, tell this to um, all of the things you do along the way, down, walking down that jetway, somebody is doing something important uh, that's leading toward that time when that child trusts Jesus. And mm-hmm. so the value, the high value of every person in, in a child discipleship ministry, man, we mm-hmm. can't, we can't ever overstate how important everybody is. Cause you know, your kindness, my mm-hmm. good word, mm-hmm. someone else's teaching, you add those yep. all together and a child then trusts Jesus. And that's, yep. that's the way God's kingdom is supposed to work. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like there was a parable written about this, about the, the farmer who sowed the seed, you know, and it was like the seed was sown and the rain and the rain and the rain, like it took multiple times. It's not like the pl- the farmer planted the seed and within minutes, the seed had grown. Yeah, That was yeah. not reality. That's not what that looks like. Um, so yeah. I want to dig in here then, Ed, as to like, w- when you have this foundation of the big picture of the gospel and how that moment of clarity and conversion comes for, for each one of us. And we all have the testimony that speaks to that moment. 
Um, so then let's transfer this into a practical conversation around mm-hmm. how we share this with kids, right? And so yeah. you've kind of laid this out and, and we've we've mentioned that we've got the big picture story and then we've got that salvation opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so first I want to talk about that big picture, the four acts of the gospel, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. How do we share that with kids in a way that they can like understand and connect? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think we always want to point to Jesus as we do that. And that's that's a piece of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But if, if we're sharing a biblical passage with with a uh, with a group of kids, we want to be able we want to be able to point back to maybe maybe I, I can't think of a specific example right now. We want to be able to show them where this fits. What, whatever the topic is we're talking about, where does this fit in that big plan? We should refer back to it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the big puzzle. You got a big puzzle there and you pull a piece out of it and you talk about that piece, but you put yeah. that piece back in yeah. context where it was and help help them to understand. Um, so, but, but I think ultimately we always want to be pointing to Jesus because all of the Bible points to Jesus. It, yeah. it, that's just what it is, you know, before it points forward and after it points backwards, you know, so. Totally. Um, yeah. I think one of the things I found that I that I love about this framework of the four acts is that when you begin to see the four acts as the like what they are, then every story that you read, you begin to identify like mm-hmm. micro four oh, those four acts and like a micro version in that story yeah. and and maybe this one has more redemption but 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 this one's got oh they fell this was sin but then god redeemed them like and so i think that's important too that as leaders are are walking through these stories you can yeah. present this framework and then all of a sudden you're in talking about the story of the israelites or perhaps you're talking about david Right. Mm -hmm. And what it looked like for David to be such an incredible king, but then for him to fall. Right. Mm -hmm. But then through that fall, God brought to him restoration. And then because he was God's child, he would be redeemed forever. Right. Like, like you begin to see that in ways that I think is just so cool because it just compounds on itself. Well, and think about the, you know, the, 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 the story that's in every, every kid's curriculum, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Mm-hmm. Wee little man was he, by the way, I thought he was going to his house for tea all my life until <laughs> I him corrected me on that, but, but that's um, you think about it, Zac- Zacchaeus, he, he realized who he was before God. He, he, he realized he was a sinner. he, he changed his heart and and he he began to live differently. You see the all all the acts of the gospel pour out in in Zacchaeus' yeah. life, and it'd be easy uh, as a as someone working with a child to say, "Look, who was who was Zacchaeus made to be? Who did he become? You know, he fell. You know, he yeah. was doing things the wrong way, and but yet he met Jesus, and then he changed after he met Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's so that's such a good point of like just consistently pointing these stories to Jesus and where he is. And then there's also a sense of like, not rushing it, you know, yeah. just letting it yeah. sit and letting the children, um, you know, know what they know for today and letting God yeah. use that in their lives. Yeah. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to expand on that just a little, the, the be patient idea. Um, everyone who is passionate about kids um, when, when, when a child comes, you, you want 
to know when they walk out of that room that they're going to go to heaven someday Absolutely. and that they're yep. redeemed. But the truth is we, we can't do that. We yep. can't. We have to allow the Holy Spirit, the time that he needs to work, we have to we have to sit back and and watch and observe and mm -hmm. continue to pour in and and God works in his time with 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 kids and, and we need to be patient with that. Mm. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is there is a sense of urgency to this, right? Mm. Of like, yeah. man, we we want children to say yes to following Jesus forever. And we, and we think, oh my goodness, I might not see this kid again. He may never be yeah, back. Right. But God knows what what we yes. we got to do our job that night, and God's going to do yep. what yes. He's going to do in that child. Yeah, that is such a good reminder. That's such a good reminder. Okay, so there's some additional ways that we can begin to kind of share the gospel, um, and and you've talked about like pointing them to Jesus and being patient, and that that's on a very like weekly, even yes. daily thing. So, are sure. there any? Let's go like big picture here. Are there any things that we can yeah. do over the span of years? of what it looks like to help yeah. kids know this story. Yeah, I think uh, the, the church calendar is really uh, a good way to to do that because mm -hmm. if we just think about like Advent, the Advent season and Christmas, mm -hmm. boy, we would it would be a big miss if we don't talk about the entirety of the gospel during that mm -hmm. time, during, about about the all the way from creation to restoration and show yeah. where this fits in you know the 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 redeemer the one who finishes out this redemption phase um the redeemer is being born that's what this is about you know so mm -hmm. uh, the church calendar just provides that every year if we're intentional about the way we the way we do that lesson and then of course there could be no better um uh, annual thing to to help us explain the gospel than palm sunday and easter yes. Uh, the very time when when Jesus, you know, he was rightfully the king. I mean, they were yeah. right when they were saying king when they yep. were putting the palm branches on. That was true, um, but yet he humbled himself to the point of death. He 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 took his place um, on the cross, and he became sin for us. You know that Second Corinthians five twenty one idea of he became sin for us so that we could get the righteousness of God uh, when we trust in him and. Um, so when we take Palm Sunday and Easter and we put them and we say, let's, let's, let's make sure to include this big picture, um, and show where this fits. This is the redeemer, um, yeah. that was born and is now culminating, yes. uh, the plan of redemption right here in front of us. So, um, I think that that's, that's an, an, an important time. So I think you use your church calendar, um, you know, that, and, and think about those things that are going to come up every year. Thank Thanksgiving, Figure out how to use, figure out how to say that in in the Thanksgiving times and, and yeah. other times. Yeah, I love the way that that can also help kids to even just uh, keep the passing of time, right? Mm -hmm. Of like if we're consistently celebrating these things and we're helping them to see, then it also helps them to understand, like the <clears throat> honestly, the almost the timelessness of the gospel. Right. Because right. if because if as I consistently go through this on a yearly basis and the gospel is is true and it's present in each of these things, then it also has been for all of these years since the yeah. creation. Right. And right. so there's something beautiful right. that grounds kids in in understanding yeah. what that looks like. Yeah. And you know, there there are churches that are more liturgical in nature and and function on a church calendars. This will be easy, but sure. Sure. I didn't grow up in a church like that, but my wife Kim did. 
So yeah. um, I see the benefit of that that annual church calendar um, yeah. that, that I really didn't get when I was a kid growing up in the church setting I was at. Yeah, and even though if if the church may not necessarily follow that, there is a rhythm to services where there's there like you just said that there's Christmas and then there's Good Friday and there's Easter and then within some churches perhaps they have summer revivals, mm-hmm. right? Like whatever sure. it looks like for your church to pattern through that, those are opportunities to help kids see this big gospel. Um, you know, picture. So we've done this big angle, but then there's also, as we've described, how do we help give kids a salvation opportunity? Mm, yeah. Well, I think if, if I had to sum it up in two words, it would be naturally and organically. That mm. That's what I would, that's best case scenario. Um, and, but, but, you know, I think we have to be careful the language that we use and, yeah. and have it be age appropriate. I think of a a kid years and years ago um, in in a, a very rural place uh, in in California where I was serving that they didn't have uh, the police didn't go out there because you know it wasn't safe for the police to go out there but there was a church out there yeah and I went out yeah. there and they had this Awana club and it was it was That's glorious awesome. but this kid I remember he walked up to me and said hey you said Christmas was about gee I didn't know Jesus' birthday was on Christmas that's cool. He didn't even understand that one, he had backwards, mm. you know, that Jesus happened to be born on a day where we give gifts away. And so for me to sit down and explain to him, I would, I would have to use a complete, I had to use a different set of words uh, with him because he had no framework, no background. Mm. Um, and, and I couldn't use churchy's language, you know, with him. Yeah. Uh, so we have, we have to be careful with the language that we use, that we use uh, age appropriate and clear yeah. language when we, when we, share the gospel with kids and give them an opportunity to, to, uh, to respond. So I think, and I really appreciate that point. Cause I think sometimes it can, it can feel legalistic to say like, say this or don't say that. And, and that is not what we're saying here. Right. We're putting the interest and the developmental level of the child in the space where, where if you were to go in to a conversation with someone, you would hope that, that throughout the conversation, you would figure out where they're at or what their interests are, or even the levels of a certain topic. Like when my son comes to talk to me about, about Pokemon, he has no idea that I'm at a 0% understanding, <laughs> right? And so yeah. like, like what, what he has to explain to me often kills the game he wants to play because I don't understand what he's saying. And I think that same concept goes to the kids that we are sharing the gospel with. Some of them, like you said, aren't even going to know that Christmas is because of Jesus. That's right. Right. They just think that Jesus was, was what a coincidence. And so (laughs) the way that you talk to that child has to be different than yeah. perhaps the child who has been consistently mm-hmm. engaging in the church. And yeah. so like um that that what does that what does that look like and how do we yeah. how do we talk through that knowing that the gospel um it isn't a cookie cutter approach for right. every yeah. single child. There is certainly not one uh, approach that's going to work for everyone. Now, th- now there are tools out there, and, I, and I'm for tools, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have the Gospel Wheel at Awana. There's mm-hmm. Romans Road. There's there's mm-hmm. lots of tools, um, and and um, but but the, the really the tool is a relationship of the leader and the child. Yes, you know? absolutely. That's the biggest tool. But but back to this this other uh, the the topic of the language. Um, I think it's important to think about what kids can 
bring into their minds um, at, a, at a given age. Mm -hmm. uh, we use a lot of church language sometimes. Uh, we use a lot of metaphors sometimes. And, you know, metaphors where, where there, you say one thing, but that one thing is really a picture of something else. You know, we say old glory, and we all know we're talking about the flag, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, and so, but how do, how do kids understand these? Well, the younger they are, the less able they are to make that kind of connection. Mm. Um, and the, the younger they are, the less able they are to synthesize two different ideas into one idea, right? So mm. we have to remember that. Um, one of the things that I see happen I, that, that really we shouldn't probably do is uh, the, the use of metaphors um, uh, with kids. Um, not that they can't understand them, but we need, if, if you can use the clear word, why not use the clear word, right? Sure. Um, you know, I think about some of the, some of the, the great hymns of the faith, you know, um, they're all they're all loaded with metaphors. You know, I think Absolutely. so. There is a fountain filled with blood yep. drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Yep. That song has incredible uh, doctrinal truth. Absolutely. But it would be terrifying to seven <laughs> right? Because what do you they, mean they there's a fountain <laughs> filled with blood? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Whoa. Um, what's going on around here? So, um, uh, so, but, but, but we could. We, we could if we were going to say the, that very thing in a in a kid friendly way it would be the fountain filled with blood what's that Jesus died for me right uh, so we would use the right word use the 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 clear words instead of mm -hmm. using a metaphor uh, for sure. that if we can help it so that's that's the um that's the bringing clarity you know and and some of the confusing language that, that just comes up just happens in church you know and we understand it as grown-ups and that have been in church a while but but a kid might not understand it you know like yeah. like um, ask Jesus into your heart uh, that's yeah. a that's a very common one um you know that that's if a kid, I remember when I was in first grade they told me I needed to do that and mm. I knew that my heart was as big as my fist and I'm like he's a grown man there's no yep. way that's not going to work yeah you know and I trusted yeah. Christ much yeah. later um Turning from your sins is another one. We, yeah. we, we know what that means. What that means is once you're saved, you should live differently, right? Yep. But what that, how that comes across to a kid is, oh, if I want to be saved, I've got to stop sinning. Well, yep. we know that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, so just that language that confuses is, is something that we need to, um, to, to really avoid if we can and, and avoid the churchy's language, you know, so... So let's let's dig right into um, what are some verses that a leader could use to help share the gospel and particularly mm -hmm. that that opportunity for a child to understand salvation. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, there there are a bunch, and I think that if 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 a leader wants to really think hard about this, just read the book of John. It's the, yeah. it's the book that, that where he writes toward the end, these things were written so that you may, believe, may believe that Jesus yeah. you know, is the son of God. Um, so read John. But, um, but I think if we think about um, the, the, the clear verses that are, are age appropriate for, for a very young child, first John uh, 14, God loved us and sent his son. That's the very beginning, right? That's that's where a three-year-old can begin. You know, a two-year-old can begin to understand that that God loves us so much that He's that He sent His Son. And, then, and if course, anybody's been a Cubby leader, 
they yeah. see that those three and four-year-olds are memorizing that yeah. exact verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're and they those cubbies understand and own that. Yes, they do. They? Yeah. Yeah, uh, they can say that really well. And then, um, you know, I think about John three sixteen is, of course, the the ultimate. It's the most memorized verse in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, in more languages than anything else, and all of that. But I think if we add verse seventeen to it, it really makes it helps a kid mm-hmm. understand things. You know, uh, for this is the way God loved the world; He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's where we stop, right? Yeah, but we should continue. For God did not send His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. You know, yeah. so so we can we can uh, if we expand that, that becomes real clear. God sent Jesus here to save you, not to condemn you. Yes, um, I, I like Ephesians two eight and nine, and then adding ten as well. And and, and this mm-hmm. is a good one, a good way to think about adding the redemption or the restoration part into the into this story for for by grace you're saved through faith and this is not from yourselves this is a gift mm-hmm. of god it's not from work so no one can boast so that talks about grace it's a gift uh, yep. we didn't earn it it's not through what we do but then if it can, if we continue for we're as workmanship created for good works that you've prepared beforehand that we should walk in them right so god has prepared good works that we're supposed to do Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of our salvation, and not to earn it, not to mm-hmm. gain salvation, not to be made right with God, but to to follow Him and bless the world. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that that's helpful uh, to understand. I think I love that one too because I think it's such a comprehensive verse that, like, let's just picture this where um, perhaps you're in a midweek club and you're one on one with a child, you know, and, and then a safe environment, and and you sit down and. And you just say to that child, like, hey, like, did you know, like, that God loves you? Like, and have you ever, have you ever seen a verse in the Bible where it talks about what God's done for you? Like a a gospel opportunity can start as simply as that. And then opening up to Ephesians 2 and saying, like, did you know that it, that God actually knew that you weren't ever going to be able to do what you needed to? And mm-hmm. so he created a plan. And so yeah. I, what I love about this verse is that it, it can create this very engaging conversation with the child that helps them to to experience that in a way that they understand. And then perhaps, yeah. like you had mentioned, I love what you said earlier about how um, you know, so much of sharing the gospel is that leader to child relationship yeah. and what it looks like for the leader to then help that child see what their relationship and faith in God is, because right. it is out of the leader, you leader who, who is sharing the gospel, like that child is seeing Jesus and in, in the salvation that is provided through your story too. It's mm-hmm. out of that yeah. overflow. Yeah, uh, sure. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I think the story, uh, each one of those leaders has the story. And the story is in these verses that we're talking about today. That leader's mm-hmm. story is right there. You know, I think about uh, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love mm-hmm. for us in this. Mm-hmm. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When I'm sharing that with a child, I can say, Jesus Jesus died before I was ever born. Yeah. He died. He died while I was still sinner, and and he 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 would have died for me if I was the only sinner on the planet, you know. Yeah. And I can bring that to me, and 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 show them my, that I'm in that story too, just like they yeah. are. They're in yeah. that story, you know. Um, 
You know, I think if, if I if I had to sum if I did just sum what are the, what's the one thing we need to remember when we share is that when, if you listen to yourself speaking to a child, if you listen to the words you're using, the verses you're using, and and you ask yourself, does it does it sound like I'm saying that this is about something I do mm. for God, or does this sound like something that God does for me? We want it to sound, we want to hear back. And when we hear our words, we want to hear, oh, this isn't what I did for God. This is what God did for me, you know? And um, so I think that's a good kind of a, that's what I use as a kind of a litmus test for me to say, that's great. Am I, am I speaking about this right with this particular child? Yeah. I, I love that because I think we can prepare and we can say, okay, we've got this verse, we've got this verse, but then even though it's a good verse in scripture, um, because it's a part of scripture, perhaps it's not the right verse for the child right. that you're sharing the gospel with. So, so yeah. uh, what, what, how do you kind of navigate even all of these pieces of like understanding the child, understanding where their developmental levels are, and then making sure that you're, that you're using verses that they can truly understand because what one, one child is going to be able to understand God loved us yeah. and sent his son, but they're probably not going to be able to understand a different verse that just right. feels too complex and yeah. above their, their level. Yeah, and and let's just be really clear. We're not saying that any verse is is, is not valuable. Every absolutely. verse is valuable. Every yeah, but, absolutely. But not every verse is accessible for a for absolutely. a kid of a given age or situation. You know, I think if we can use a clear verse, we should use a clear verse, right? And I think of Romans ten nine and ten. We all believe everything that's in the, in the Bible. I, again, I want to say that again. But mm-hmm. Romans 10, 9, and 10, we use that sometimes because if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is mm-hmm. Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we, we use that a lot. But if we if we use that, we are now compelled to interpret and explain mm-hmm. um, if you confess with your mouth. What does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, you, you can continue on that chapter and it does explain it. But if we have a choice between a verse that's really clear, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Uh, yeah. And one that takes extra interpretation, extra unfolding. Um, maybe it's appropriate for that child to do. But, but I think most of the time when we're when we're t- trying to help someone understand um, the simple gospel message, what Jesus did for them. Uh, we should use a, the the clear verses that that talk about it's by grace as and, and it's through faith and it's through not any of our works it's 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 all on the work that Jesus did for us and, and focus on those um, and then once someone trusts Jesus and we begin to disciple them over time then yes. all these other verses fill in the gaps of of yeah. knowledge that we all need as we grow and develop. What a great reminder that like. Scripture is the living, breathing word of God. And so right. Romans 116 and Romans, I think you said eight, nine, and 10, mm-hmm. um, you know, those passages are going to be things that are going to continue to, uh, you know, be those after moments when that child mm-hmm. has said, yes, I want to fall after Jesus. Then, then all of a sudden they can understand their salvation anew when they mm-hmm. come across that verse and say like, but if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're like, 
they have the ability to understand yeah. that in a way that they couldn't have before. And that's yeah. because of the power of the Holy Spirit revealing to us scripture. And right. also because they are maturing in their faith. Right. And I think that's something right. important for us to remember too, as we share the gospel with kids is that when a child comes to understand the gospel at whatever age they may be, they understand that at the developmental level that they are and God mm -hmm. welcomes them. And their, their story is knit into the tapestry of faith of believers across the centuries, right. but then their knowledge and understanding of salvation will grow with their developmental levels. Yeah. And I think that's so important for us to also just kind of wrap this up here is that once a child comes to know Christ, it's not a check mark. They're done with that now. Let's move on to whatever is next. The gospel is the thing that we continue to come back to because it is, it is, it is the, the current underneath which all the rest of scripture is understood and and explained and so uh, as they continue to grow they will understand anew just exactly what the gospel looks like right and and i think that the what you just described there as we as we grow um after we've been after we've trusted jesus the gospel is still so relevant out, yes. because if, if nothing else just out of thankfulness, once we realize the amazing gift that mm -hmm. we've been given, mm -hmm. we, we are we become thankful and, mm -hmm. and remembering the gospel as we share with others. Well, yeah. I just want to say thanks for being here, Ed. And I want to encourage anybody that's listening that every time you share the gospel, you know, Ed just encouraged us that that kids will begin to remember their salvation as they learn and grow and what the gospel looks like. Every time you share the gospel you should be feeling and remembering the salvation that has been brought to you by our good God through his son, Jesus. And so if, if you're looking at a time where you're like, man, I have to share the gospel tonight and it just feels overwhelming and you don't know what to say, like, could I encourage you to just stop and pray and just say, Lord, connect me to what you have done for me so that I can connect this child to what that you have done for them. And, and then just, just sit in, in telling your story because it's not actually your story. It's the story of what Ed just said so eloquently. It's not what you've done for God. It's what God has done for you. Yeah. And so connect to that and, and then just let God live in the words that you're saying and, and, and in the work that he is already preparing in the child that you are interacting with. And is there anything, anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Well, I, I just want to encourage everybody to, to be patient, yeah. share the gospel organically with kids, watch what God will do, Amen. And, and he will do great things. So Amen. go get them. Well, until next time, have an incredible evening wherever you may be. And um, we are praying for you and we are just absolutely thrilled to serve you. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio. All rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more details about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more information about today's host and their ministry. 
If you like this episode, you'll also like the Resilient Disciples podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. Our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. You also heard their song Throne from their album, Save Me From Myself. This podcast is executive produced by Tim Sandoval, mixed and edited by Marlon Washington, and content support is provided by me, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.